You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. Of course, the Wolves are in New York City this evening to take on the New York Knicks. We'll talk about that and we'll preview that game at the end of the show today. Got plenty to get to first. Uh, Here off the top, though, thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you'll find Locked On Wolves. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Yet. All right. Uh, let's actually open the show by talking about ESPN's basketball power index and a recent article they put out. Um, and they do that. The BPI thing is ongoing all season. In fact, they predict every game with BPI. Uh, there's a number of factors and I'll read the definition here in a minute, but they published an article about championship, not really odds, really kind of the, the percent chance that a, a given team is going to win the championship. Um, and the Timberwolves ranked a lot higher than anybody including myself, would ever have predicted. Obviously, right now, the Timberwolves are, they've been hovering kind of between the number seven, number 10 spot now for the last several weeks in the Western Conference. I believe they entered, they'll enter play Tuesday 7th. They're tied for 7th in the West. Of course, they currently have the tiebreaker over the Lakers, although they still play them one more time. Um, so there's, uh, you know, it's way early to be really talking about where teams are sitting in the conference, but obviously the Wolves are going to be somewhere in the number you know, best case five, six down to 10, worst case 11 type range, right? They're going to be right in solidly in the middle of that, uh, where, where anything could happen, right? Five or six, you avoid the play-in seven is obviously the best place in the play-in and then it gets worse from there. And obviously with 11, you fall the way out. So the Wolves are solidly in that range. But what if I told you that ESPN's basketball power index has the Timberwolves number 12 in the entire NBA in terms of chances, their chance to win the NBA championship, number 12 across the entire NBA. Now, there's a number of factors that go into this. They're not saying that the Timberwolves are currently the 12th best team necessarily. Um, So let me start by reading the basketball power index definition at ESPN. ESPN's NBA basketball, this is directly from their website, ESPN's NBA basketball power index is a measure of team strength developed by the ESPN analytics team. BPI is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance for the rest of the season. BPI represents how many points above or below average a team is. BPI accounts for game-by-game efficiency, strength of schedule, pace, days of rest, game location, and preseason expectations. So a lot of that there is very tangible, right? It is very, um, very objective information right? Efficiency, uh, strength of schedule is a little bit noisier. Pace, we, we can look up a team's pace very easily, number of possessions, et cetera. Days of rest, game location. Preseason expectations is is a little more convoluted. I'm not exactly sure what goes into that. Um, but essentially, BPI can predict the outcome of any given game. Um, and then it also is used to project moving forward. As, as this says here, BPI is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance for the rest of the season. So, if you look at the Timberwolves, so here's another way to look at this. So the Timberwolves Pythagorean win-loss record, or uh, as they call it at basketball reference, the expected one loss, is actually two games better than their than their actual record is. Um, so entering play Tuesday against the Knicks, the Timberwolves record is going to be 
uh, what they're a game below 500. I'm going to pull up the exact record here because it's slipping. I think they're 21 and 22. Um, and they'll go into New York. Yeah. 21 and 22. So if you look at their expected win loss or their Pythagorean win loss at basketball reference, it's 23 and 20, meaning that the Timberwolves point differential suggests that they should be two games better than their current record. So that's very likely, or it is basically based on this definition, point differential and expected one loss is a big part of what BPI ultimately is. So by that logic, the Wolves have been a little bit unlucky this year. Yes, there's a lot of noise to it. Yes, that stuff can even itself out, but more likely than not, the Wolves have had some tough, close losses. Uh, For instance, they lost the Pelicans by what? By three on the buzzer beater on Tuesday. I mean, that's not a horrible loss. You don't want to lose to the Pelicans, obviously, but you lost at the buzzer. That happens to everybody. Um, and then they've had some impressive blowout wins. You think of Memphis, you know, there's a couple others in there where they beat a good, well, the Warriors win, for instance. I know Steph Curry wasn't playing. I know Draymond Green wasn't playing, but that's a 20 point win against a team that is going to do well in a, a metric like BPI. So while there's a lot of things that go into this, that's that's what BPI is attempting to capture is all these different factors, including all the way down minute details like rest, game location, home versus away, et cetera. Fascinating, absolutely Fascinating that this article has the Timberwolves where it does. So the article has six true contenders. It's got the Nets, it's got the Bucks, it's got the Bulls, it's got the Warriors, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the teams you would expect. Then it has dangerous loomers as the Lakers and the Heat, and then solid playoff teams, the Cavaliers and Jazz, fighting to avoid the play-in. Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, Timberwolves, Sixers. Now, oh, and Raptors. This is the way the article set up in terms of tiers. But if you ignore the tiers and you just look at BPI, the percent chance to win title, the Timberwolves have the 12th best chance to win the NBA title, according to ESPN's BPI. Ahead of teams like, uh, for instance, the Brooklyn Nets, who are number one on this list under six true contenders. Now, this was written before Kevin Durant got hurt. My assumption would be that the percentage has been updated to reflect the Durant injury, but maybe it hasn't. 2.6% chance to win the title. According to BPI, ESPN's Basketball Power Index, the Nets, 2.6% chance. Your Minnesota Timberwolves, 3% chance to win the title. Another team that you would assume would have to have a higher winning percentage or a higher percent chance to win the title than the Timberwolves, the Chicago Bulls. You would think it would be higher than 3%, right? No, 2.3% according to BPI. Another one, and this one's maybe not a surprise, in the Lakers, obviously with LeBron James, you would assume that you know, I mean, there's a lot of upside ahead, right? Anthony Davis, LeBron James, when they're healthy, they should have a better chance than a 3% chance to win the title, right? According to BPI, 1% chance to win the title. The Timberwolves have a 3% chance to win the title. Again, the 12th best mark across the entire league. Um, I, there aren't that many other notables that they're that they're necessarily ahead of. I'm going to pull up the full list here. And um, so basically... Other surprising teams are ahead of. They're barely ahead of Boston. That's not really that surprising. They're ahead of Brooklyn. The Lakers are also ahead of the Knicks. They're ahead of the Bulls all the way down at 19. There's some other winning teams with winning records, like the Wizards at 21, a little bit surprising. They're that low. Atlanta's all the way down at 24, given their current record. That's not all that surprising. But the Wolves at 12. And the teams that are right ahead of them are the Nuggets at 11 and Memphis at 10. And that seems about right. The Wolves at 12 is, is really, really surprising. Um, now, other things we have to consider... That, that work into this, and I kind of already explained the methodology, is you have to consider that the Timberwolves have played a number of games without their ideal lineup, and it's fair to assume that when the season's all said and done, they'll have some relative improved health and literal health in terms of 
hopefully less COVID-19 cases as the season goes on. So that could be factored in. Um, also strength of schedule. They, uh, they have, uh, they've got a couple of decent stretches, you know, winnable stretches upcoming. Um, and then you also have to factor in the conference. So the Eastern conference is less top heavy, but better top to bottom, or maybe not all the way to the bottom, right? There's, there's what, 10, 12 decent teams in the East. In the West, you would really only say that list is a little bit shorter. Yes, you've got the Suns, Warriors, and Jazz way up here. The Nets and Bulls don't have a, quite that much separation in the East. You know, you've got Philly, you've got some of these other teams that are kind of lurking. So while the West will be easier to get into, or I should say, not easier to get in the playoffs, easier to get a seed as high as five, right? The Wolves, the five seeds in play for the Timberwolves, which sounds crazy because they're a game below 500. In the East, that fight won't be so easy. That said, the bottom of the conference is much worse and the top of the conference isn't as good as it is in the West. And so that factors into this as well, no doubt. Because remember, this is percent championship odds. It's not odds to get to the finals. It's not odds, obviously, to get to the playoffs. Um, so you have to factor in conference as well. This doesn't really mean anything, but it's fascinating and it shows that there is still upside with this Timberwolves team, right? Uh, Towns, obviously, you know, there's, if he can stay on the floor, there's obvious upside there with him as a top, you know, 18, 20 player. D'Angelo Russell has to play better than he has. You got to assume that Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, these guys are going to start shooting the ball better. Um, Anthony Edwards is finally starting to play, you know, Sunday against the Warriors notwithstanding, like we expected him to play way back before the season started. So there's upside remaining for this team, and it's reflected in the advanced metrics. It's, it's reflective in predictive models like ESPN's BPI. Um, no, I'm not sitting, I'm not about to go out and place a bet on the Timberwolves winning the championship. Although, by the way, to be clear, according to ESPN's BPI, those odds aren't bad, right? If you're the number 12 team to win the the championship and some of the different odds floating around there, I haven't pulled it up in betonline.ag recently, but there's another book that's mentioned on ESPN's article and they're like plus 20,000 to win the title. And some of these other teams are, you know, plus 1,200 and, you know, plus teams that are ranked much lower than the Wolves in BPI, uh, plus 1,200, like for instance, the Lakers, whereas the Wolves are plus 20,000. I mean, I don't know if BPI were betting on this, BPI would say that the Timberwolves are a good bet. I'm not telling you to go place that bet. I'm not going to place that bet. But I'm just saying that BPI suggests that uh, that, that wouldn't be so outlandish. All right, let's look at something that's even more subjective than that. And that's NBA power rankings. Of course, on Sunday and Monday, a lot of the leagues, uh, the various sites around the league put out their power rankings for the uh, for the week, I guess. So let's look and see what last week's one and two record did to the Wolves across the league in terms of Power rankings. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Timberwolves fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks now for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in the first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use our code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on listeners only who use the code NBA. NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players plus bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, including points, assists, rebounds, three pointers made, etc. All you do is pick two to five players in an over or under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Uh, I recently did a flex play. You can, so you can mix sports, right? So I did back uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, when NFL and NBA were playing on the same weekend. Um, and the, uh, let's see, the Packers were, I did a Packers bet. I think it was Rodgers over on touchdowns thrown and, and Towns over on rebounds or something like that. Uh, but you can mix sports. So right now with the playoffs, obviously NFL playoffs this weekend, 
Um, the Timberwolves don't play uh, Sunday. The Timberwolves play on Sunday. So you could place a bet on the Timberwolves on Sunday and any given playoff game that's happening in the NFL next Sunday. Mix sports pick, you know, over over on Tom Brady touchdowns and over on Carl Anthony Towns points scored. Um, and all it takes is like 30 seconds to make those picks. It really is that easy. Um, you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if you your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about NBA Power Rankings. First, though, uh, a second a second thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. It's greatly appreciated. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from all of our local experts. Listen to Lockdown Now on Apple, Spotify, or you can watch it on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. All right, let's talk NBA Power Rankings. So the Timberwolves went one and two this week. They had the, uh, the disappointing loss to the Pelicans on Tuesday. Um, prior to that, they had the... Uh, I guess the the bigger loss, um, and I'm blanking on who they lost to before they played the uh, before they played the Pelicans. Um, this was now thinking back way w- a week ago. Uh, oh, sorry, the Pelicans was Tuesday. That was the first loss of the week, and then the Grizzlies lost by eight on Thursday. So the Grizzlies lost, understandable. The game was relatively close. The Pelicans lost, less understandable. They should not have lost the Pelicans, but still a buzzer being lost. So neither of them were particularly ugly. Um, and then the Warriors win. No Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, but still a 20-point win over a Warriors team that had their second and third leading scorers in Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, plus they had Klay Thompson available. So the 20-point win is nothing to sneeze at. I mentioned that on the postgame pod uh, from Monday or from late Sunday that, I mean, still a nice win, holding the Warriors to 99 points and dropping 119 on the team's defense, uh, on the best team defense in the league in terms of defensive rating. So not an awful week by any stretch. However, the Wolves were dropped at least two spots in every power ranking site that I looked at. On ESPN, they went from number 16 to number 18. Uh, no real reason given there. There were a couple of teams ahead of them that I, I wouldn't put ahead of the Wolves. But again, hard to argue against being dropped two spots when it comes to uh, a one and two week. Sports Illustrated. Uh, well, actually, let's talk about, uh, let's see. Let's talk about The Athletic next. So the athletic Zach Harper is always pretty hard on the Timberwolves. He has them at number 19, which is the lowest of any ranking I saw. He has them down three spots. He had them at 16 last week and talks about them being in the mix. He says that they're uh, they're good enough to make the play-in tournament. And then he says they're even good enough to snag the eight seed, which of course the eight seed would still be in the play-in tournament. So unless he's just talking about avoiding the 9-10 game or he meant to say the number six seed. Um, but I mean, I would certainly agree that the six seed is is in play. I said that earlier for the Wolves. Um, and they they that should be their goal, right? They shouldn't be trying to get out of the nine ten game. I mean, yes, they should be, but they shouldn't be content with seven or eight. They need to get to to six if at all possible. He then talks about if Carlton Towns will make the all NBA third team, he basically says he thinks Gobert is having a better season and he'll make it. Um that's a that's a de- certainly a debate that can be had. Look at the all-star game or the all-star team in the West. I think Towns will make the all-star team as well, uh, but that's a conversation we can have here in the coming weeks. Um, 
And other power rankings to look at, NBA.com has the Timberwolves at number 17. And I've, I've highlighted NBA.com's power rankings throughout because I really like what John Schumann does there. He pulls so many great metrics into his rankings. He dropped the Wolves from 15 to 17, so down two spots uh, there as well. He mentions that the greatest lineup ever, which is something he coined, we've talked about a lot on this on this podcast, the greatest lineup ever is no longer the greatest lineup ever. It's now the second best uh the second best five-man unit that's played at least 100 minutes in terms of net rating. Uh, they're, they're second to a Hawks lineup of all the teams. Um, and the he says the Wolves starters actually got outscored in all three of the games last week, the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Warriors games. Remember, it was the Timberwolves bench that dominated the Warriors, not so much the starters. And then he uh, he talks about their... This is fascinating. And this isn't surprising. Again, this is... Um, if you watch the Wolves all season, you know that they... And if you listen to this podcast, I talk all the time about the free throw discrepancy and more just on defense, how many free throws the Wolves allow their opponents to get. They've been 30th in the league in terms of opponent free throw rate, essentially all season long, coupled with last and defensive rebounded for a long time. They're up to number, I think, 26 now. But that's a that's a bad combination, right? Allowing second chance points and potentially fouling on those second chance points opportunity, but just fouling a lot in general. Schumann says... The Wolves lost two games in New Orleans and Memphis by a total of 11 points this week, getting outscored by 18 points at the free throw line. So 18 points at the free throw line, you lose those games by a total of 11 points. For the season, they rank last in opponent free throw rate by a wide margin. They have more than double the free throw discrepancy of any other team. The Wolves are outscored by four points at the line or four points per game at the line. The next worst is Charlotte, which is a minus 1.9 per game. Turnovers have also been an issue. They committed three straight, including two offensive fouls from Carl Thitty Towns down the stretch of the Memphis loss. That's true. We talked about that on the postgame pod Friday. That was a brutal way to end the game. The, the dueling Carl Thitty Towns offensive fouls was bad. The offense execution, offensive execution was really bad as well. Um, and then he talks a little bit about how they, uh, they have... They're tied for the fewest back-to-back sets in the league and have uh, you know, have the tiebreaker currently against the Lakers, which I talked about earlier. But the free throw discrepancy thing is is fascinating um, in, in a bad way and something that the Wolves really need to clean up. And part of that is Anthony Edwards needs to get more calls at the rim. Now, a game like Sunday, for instance, against the Warriors, he wasn't getting to the rim very often. And even going back to the game against Memphis, he did more damage from outside the arc than in the paint. Um a lot of that's on Anthony Edwards. He needs to be more aggressive. I also think he's not officiated in in the fairest way possible, if I could say that. I think that that Ant deserves more foul calls. And, and eventually, I would think that that's going to rise, that he will get more of those opportunities at the line if he continues to stay aggressive. And obviously, he falls into these, uh, the, these stretches where he isn't as aggressive going to the rim. Uh, but I thought that was a notable... A notable stat. Um, and so instead of just looking at defensive free throw rate... Um, or opposing team free throw rate against the Wolves defense. I'm going to be paying more attention to that actual free throw discrepancy moving forward, because that's probably a better way um, to look at this, frankly. Uh, The last thing is SI.com has him at 18, which is down two spots from 16 last week. And he's, uh, they say, uh, let's see, who is this that wrote this? Um, over at SI, uh, it is uh, Rohan Nadkarni has the Timberwolves at, at 18, which again is down from 16. And he gets into the lineup data too, but but looks at the three-man lineup. Um, of all the three-man lineups who played at least 300 minutes together, Russell Towns and Edwards are fourth in net rating behind the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, uh, and um, Lonzo Ball Trio. Two other Wolves combinations are the other two. So there's three, uh, three of the top four, one Bulls lineup and three Timberwolves, three-man combinations. Um, he says Russell Towns and Edwards are first in efficiency among three-man groups who played at least 400 minutes together. That means something between the young core has clicked. 
Minnesota could still use some help in the front court defensively, but with the most important players making strides, I wouldn't attempt anything crazy. He's talking about at the trade deadline. There's kind of a lens in this article, this power rankings of, of the trade deadline. And I agree. Um, I've said this on the show before, unless you can get Miles Turner from Malik Beasley, Jade McDaniels and a couple picks. I mean, that's about the only move that I'd seriously consider. Uh, because again, think about that four men front court rotation of Towns, Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, Nas Reed doesn't get much better than that. Much more versatile, a front court that can do a lot of different things that would give that defensive help in the front court that, that he suggests here at SI.com. Um, but all that to say, you don't, you don't want to break up the core necessarily unless you can get Ben Simmons and trade D'Angelo Russell and you can make the argument for that. Uh, you know, I've had that argument on this podcast before, both sides of it, I can see it. But you're obviously not trading Edwards, you're obviously not trading Towns. It's the other pieces that the Wolves are looking to shuffle. Um, and there there could be something out there. I just don't think that, that that big splash is necessarily there. Okay, let's close the show today by looking at Wolves-Knicks. It's been a couple weeks, uh, about three weeks since the Wolves have seen the Knicks. So we'll do that next. First of all, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football to basketball, hockey to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's talk Wolves-Knicks. So the Timberwolves and Knicks last saw each other uh, right after Christmas. It was the game after the Timberwolves win over Boston when they were extremely shorthanded. So this was a home back-to-back. Um, and the Wolves still did not have their full complement of players back. There was still no Towns, still no Russell. This is right when they had had uh, emerged out of the protocols but hadn't played yet. They were working on getting their conditioning back. Still no Anthony Edwards. So the Timberwolves lineup in this game, they started Patrick Beverly and Jordan McLaughlin with Malik Beasley, Jade McDaniels, and Nathan Knight. Uh, so, I mean, Malik Beasley started at the three in this game. This was, I believe, Beverly's, for, yeah, it was Beverly's first game back. Um, and the Timberwolves, I mean, the rotation off the bench, Greg Monroe and Jake Lehman each played. I mean, Monroe played 22 minutes, Lehman played 17. And I mean, Monroe played well, right? This is his back-to-back, the Celtics game, the Knicks game. He played very well in both of those games. And the Knicks were relatively healthy. They were missing somebody. Um, and this is obviously, I mean, they had R.J. Barrett at their disposal. They had Evan Fournier. They had Julius Randle. Uh, they were relatively healthy for this game. And the Wolves ended up losing by eight. It was just kind of a slog, really bad offensive game. The Wolves had to push mid-game to get them close. They were within a bucket at halftime, I think. And, and uh, things kind of unraveled in the third quarter. Uh, it was one of those games where Malik Beasley shot, I mean, what? He attempted 23 shots. Nobody else in the Wolves tried more than 14 shots. He was four of 16 outside the arc. He got his 20 points, but it was on 23 shot attempts. Jalen Noel came off that huge Celtics game, struggled from the field, but still had six assists coming off the bench um, in this one. So, uh, you know, an inefficient offensive game. Oh, this is the really good Jaden McDaniels game too. 18 and six with five blocks. So he played well, uh, but ultimately, and the Knicks weren't great either. They only shot what, 41% from the field. Nobody on their team scored more than 14 in this game. Uh, but the Wolves got beat up in the paint on the glass. No Carl Anthony Towns, no Edwards, uh, no D'Angelo Russell. So very hard to use that game as much of a barometer. And really since then, the Knicks have have really kind of struggled. Um, 
they, well, I should say they struggled coming out of that game and then they had a bit of a hot stretch and now they just lost a, a pretty bad one uh, to Charlotte on uh, on Monday on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The Knicks came out of that Wolves win. They lost, uh, they lost three out of five and then they went on a quick three-game winning streak. They beat the Spurs. They destroyed the Mavericks, which was impressive, and then lost to the Hawks. But they lost to Charlotte by 10 on Monday and LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball did not play. The Knicks gave up 38 to Miles Bridges um, in that one and only managed to score 87 points themselves. Of course, they just traded for Cam Reddish. He was questionable with, I think, an ankle. Um, so he'll likely be questionable heading into the Timberwolves game Tuesday. So we'll see if he actually plays um, at home against the Wolves on Tuesday. Um, now the Charlotte, so the other, that's the other piece of this. The Knicks are on the second night of a back-to-back. They did play at home Monday, um, and it was an earlier, I think it was a matinee in New York. Um, and then they get the Wolves the next day, Tuesday night, but don't have to travel. Um, so what to look at with the Knicks? Well, the Knicks have a weird offense. (laughs) Um, there's really not much else to, to say about it. You just look at the numbers and you wonder how they're not worse or excuse me, how they're not better in terms of their offensive rating. They're 22nd in offensive rating. But they're top 10 in free throw rate. They're number nine in free throw rate. They're number eight in three-point attempt rate, which means, I, I mean, exactly what it sounds like. They're eighth in free throw attempts, you know, based on how how many shots they take, what percentage are three-pointers. They're eighth there. They're ninth in free throw rate. They're eighth in offensive rebound rate. So they rebound, they get second chance opportunities. They get to the free throw line and they, uh, they shoot three-pointers. They're also eighth in three-point shooting percentage. So they shoot threes and they make threes. Why are they 22nd? In terms of offensive rating, well, they're 20th in free throw percentage, so they get to the line, but they don't really make their free throws that well. 20, they're 20th in the league, 76.5%. And they're also 28th in two-point field goal percentage. So they're not efficient inside the arc. They're not efficient in the paint. They get fouled a fair amount, but they don't make their free throws, which is what drags down their overall offensive efficiency. Julius Randle's been a little bit disappointing this year. Um, yeah, he's scoring 19 a game, but the three-point percentage is 31%, 41.6% from the field, taking a little bit of a step backwards. Um, and I mean, it, the Knicks in general have taken a step backwards based on where they were last year. Now, they were a little bit ahead of what everybody expected them to be last season. There have been some good moments this year from Obi Toppin in his second year. Um, they've obviously, they've got the Derek Rose injury they're dealing with. Um, they've had, I guess, I guess that would be the main guy that they were missing, by the way, the last time the Wolves and Knicks faced off a few weeks ago. Um, the Kemba Walker in the lineup, out of the lineup, that whole thing. So there, it hasn't exactly been, um, been smooth sailing for them. And by the way, Kemba Walker is also questionable to play Tuesday. Nerlens Noel did not play Monday. He's also questionable for Tuesday. So no Derek Rose, questionable Cam Reddish, questionable Nerlens Noel, questionable Kemba Walker. Um, so we really don't know exactly who the Wolves will actually be facing in terms of who's wearing a Knicks jersey on Tuesday. But it's just a little bit of a weird offensive attack. Um, they are a middle of the pack defense. They're 15th in defensive rating. They don't foul. Uh, they, they defend without fouling and they rebound the basketball well. So, uh, I mean, the Wolves need to do a better job of getting to the free throw line. We talked about that already on the show today. And they do a pretty good job of offensive rebounding, especially with both Vanderbilt and Towns on the floor. So if they can do what they did against the Warriors Sunday, obviously, in terms of control the paint, control the glass, rebound the ball well, they'll be in pretty good shape. They did not do that against the Knicks. They they were horrible in those in those categories against the Knicks in December. But again, no Towns, um, you know, a very depleted team. No, I believe no Vanderbilt in that game too. Um, and Julius Randle and others had a field day on the glass. Mitchell Robinson had a field day on the glass against the Wolves last time around. So um, it's, it's a weird matchup. The Knicks are just a very strange team. Um, this is a very winnable game for Minnesota, especially given the way the Knicks are playing. Again, losing by by what, 20 or whatever it was against a, a LaMelo ball, less Hornets team on Monday. 
this is a game that the Wolves should win. Now they have to turn on to play again Wednesday in Atlanta. So this is one of those where if it's not close in the fourth quarter, they could pull the plug early um, and get ready for the Atlanta game. But um, a winnable game followed by another winnable game in Atlanta uh, before coming back home for one uh, one game this upcoming weekend. So uh, it would be important to get this win against the Knicks. Well, of course, we have the postgame podcast immediately following. So be sure that, you're, uh, that you tune in to that. It'll post late Tuesday following Wolves-Knicks. Um, and, uh, and then of course we'll do the same thing Wednesday with Wolves Hawks. Uh, well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Thanks for listening to Locked on Wolves. Of course, we're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Um, and well, you do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen, and we greatly appreciate it. Consider making your second listen Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.